Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Yay! This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho, the pot of and rock and roll. And the People's Podcast has arrived. Let's go for a ride. Down on for you there man really kicking it and loving it one talk is jericho so excited to be here with you this week on podcast one christian is here very very cool cat i taped this interview a while ago once again had to wait for it to be uh, aired at the right time in the right place in the right situation and i ain't talking about uh jersey shore how you been doing how you been liking the uh, the shows lately? I've had some great ones. Really enjoyed last week's Metal Week with Vinnie Paul and Rob Halford. So cool uh, to be able to do so many great guests, both in wrestling and in music. Um, very excited. Speaking of music, Fozzie, new record coming out on July 22nd. Do you want to start a war? You can pre-order it now, um, where all good pre-orders are available. iTunes, Amazon, Google, whatever you want. Um, super excited. I mean, Lights Go Out now, once again, top 40. And found out the other day that Lights Go Out is actually, um, it's top 10 on the DJ strip club lists, which means all the DJs um, at strip clubs, I guess they put together their, their, their list, and they have this amazing uh, top 10. And it's super crazy who's actually on the top 10. So it's the Panda Top 10 Strip Club DJ charts as compiled for July 2014. Number one, Summer Club Killers Festival Trap Extended Mix, Calvin Harris. Two, Fancy, Iggy Azalea featuring Charlie. Three, Recess, Skrillex featuring Kill the Noise, Fat Man Scoop, and Michael Angelicos. Four, Turn Down for What, DJ Snake featuring Little John. Five, Lights Go Out, Fozzie. Six, Latch, Disclosure. Seven, Satisfies, Nero, number seven. Eight, Take Out the Gunman, Chevelle. Uh, nine is a Trey Songs. And ten is Wiggle, Jason Derulo featuring Snoop Dogg. So the top ten, there's only two rock songs on the entire chart. And number five, Fozzie. So, you know, if the strippers are liking your show, uh, 
like in the music, you know that they're uh, they're uh, they're rocking it. So lights go out, getting right up there. Don't forget too, July twenty fourth at the Whiskey A Go Go. If you're in the Los Angeles Hollywood area, come on down and see Fozzie live at the Whiskey. We're super excited. It's going to be the Do You Want to Start a War release party, uh, first concert on the Do You Want to Start a War tour. We're playing new songs. Definitely a must see gig if you're in Southern California. Come on down and see Fozzie. Live at the Whiskey. War at the Whiskey, as we're calling it. Also this week, uh, returned to the ring for the first time. Sunday night in Toronto, I worked with, with The Miz in the first match I had in a year. And then Monday night, also working with The Miz on Monday Night Raw. My first Raw match in a year. And I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. And for me, it's almost 24 years in October you're still always a little bit apprehensive, you know, will I still be able to do this? How's it going to feel? Am I going to be sore the next day? I'm recording this Tuesday morning after Rob, and I'm a little bit sore, I got to be honest with you, uh, a little bit um, stiff, but then I just bang out some DDP yoga, uh, huge sponsor of this show, a good friend of mine, and suddenly I feel good. I feel better now than I did 10 years ago. That's one of the reasons why people say, how come you can still come back and you still look young and you, you still, you know, you, you still got it. And it's like, I've never lost it because thanks to DDP yoga, it's been uh, better than ever. But it's funny though, you go online, you see some people like, you know, Jericho sure has aged since, since his last return. So he's going to have to get over the cosmetic differences by having better matches and, and, and better uh, promos. And I'm like, you know, screw you, man. <laughs> you know? I think I look pretty good. I work uh, hard to not look aged. <laughs> so for that guy, he gets a big Jericho patented raspberry. <laughs> That's what I got to say to him. You think I look aged? Age this. <laughs> but overall, uh, amazing. It was funny because in Toronto, Miz and I had a match. and basically just threw it all together last minute. And, and people are like, oh, my gosh, this was an amazing match. Best match of the year. Match of the year. And, of course, then that word gets around to the websites and the dirt sheets and everyone's like oh jericho match of the year already and i wouldn't go as far as to say it was match of the year uh, it was a good match don't get me wrong i enjoyed it uh it was fun and uh it was just good to be back into the ring and good to be back on raw i mean like i said last week on raw i was kind of hiding in the shadows um in the back area uh in the parking lot in the parkade as we say in canada on the tour bus so i didn't really get a chance to see, see anybody and then of course Monday, get a chance to walk around and talk to people and uh, getting some great interviews for Talk is Jericho, which is very cool. A lot of people are like, now that you're back in WWE, are you going to get WWE interviews? And it's like, I've always had WWE interviews, so that's not going to change. You're still going to get the same collection of diverse guests uh, on this show. So still, uh, very cool. And then, of course, yesterday, I mentioned to you how my jacket always kind of goes out. And once again, here I am. I try the thing, you know, five, six, seven, eight times during the day. I'm up in the gorilla position, ready to go out, turn it on, and the whole right side is dead. And I have literally like two minutes before I have to go out for the live match. And so it just so happens that the uh, that the prop guy, you know, the guy who usually helps me fix my jacket was standing right there. Literally took out a piece of gum. Uh, put it onto the wire. We found the broken wire, and that actually the piece of gum held for a bit. But then once I put the jacket on again, it just we couldn't get it going. So, what am I going to do? It's live TV. Um, I go out to the stage. I kind of turn to my left, really cheat over to the side. So hopefully it minimizes the fact that one half of the jacket isn't working. But there's nothing I can do about it. And like I said, these jackets are very temperamental. They're prototypes. 
And now, um, even though I spent a lot of money extensively to get that jacket fixed, the red one is still being fixed. You know, I'm folding it up. I'm putting it in a suitcase. It's coming on a plane with me. It's getting unfolded. It's going through the metal detector. It's coming out of the metal detector. People are looking at it. They're handling it. You know, those wires are very thin, and, and sometimes they just break. So literally, lights go out <laughs> for Jericho on Monday, both on my jacket and when Bray Wyatt interrupted me. And it's funny, when when, when Wyatt into, interrupts people and the lights go out, when the lights go out, uh, you can see all the blue lights in the arena. It looks like my jacket. So it's actually, I think, a tribute, a homage to Jericho. Really looking forward to heating things up with Bray Wyatt. I think it's going to be an amazing feud, an amazing angle for the summer. Uh, and also for the summer, the anthem of the summer. Uh, just got some huge news about lights go out for in regards to the WWE as well yesterday. So uh, I'm going to stop talking and start rocking. Let's hear lights go out. Right here on Talk is Jericho. And that's what happened to me the other day on Raw. Lights go out indeed. Check it out. Crank it up. Just us colliding When the lights go out We own the night 
right, if you liked it, let me know on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho, at Fozzy Rock, at I am Jericho. Go pre order. Do you want to start a war as soon as you can? If you do so, and tweet, uh, tweet us on at Fozzy Rock, uh, a screen uh, shot of the uh, of the pre-order I will post it and we will follow you so there you go that's my deal just for you coming up we got Christian multiple world champion in the WWE I believe it's two times TNA champion uh, WFWA Tony Candelo wrestling champion the male nurse all of those things we're talking about everything do you want a beautiful lawn enter true green the easiest way to get a great lawn just water and mow and they'll do the rest weed control fertilization aeration and more True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is talk is talk is Jericho. Welcome back to Talk is Jericho, sitting across from me. My former tag team partner, former tag team champion uh, partner, actually. Christian is here. Drove in today, sent the limo for him. Yeah. I, I might not gotten got to the right address, though. I'm not no, sure. No, I think it was a little late, so I just took my own car. Yeah, you took your own car. Which yeah. one did you take? The Mercedes or the, the Lamborghini? <laughs> or the... Actually, I flew into my helicopter. <laughs> did you? Yeah. There's a helipad up here yeah, on, the, yeah. on, the, on the top of... Did I ever tell you that we're, we're stay, we're, we record this when we're in Tampa at the studio's of Bubba the Love Sponge, so thanks to Bubba for for letting us uh, record here. It's a, it's a very nice place, so That's it's awesome. it's good to uh, to have you, man. It's you're one of the guys that I wanted to have on this show when I started it. Yeah, I know you called me a bunch of times. Finally, you uh, yeah annoyed me enough that I yeah I was finally able to get you. Plus the yeah. big fat check that I sent along, <laughs> <laughs> the thousands of dollars will, yeah. will go good. Uh, for your house, but yeah, if I slur my words at all today, I almost bit my tongue off the other night in the ring. So my wow, tongue's a little, uh, isn't that the worst? Yeah. I remember doing actually with Bubba one time. It might have been a match yeah. that we had, and, and I chomped it down. Yeah. That's probably one of the worst injuries, yeah, it right? Hurts. It hurts. I don't know if you can see this. Oh yeah, it gets all fat. And yeah. So, w- what happened? I just uh, landed on my face, and you know, it was one of those <laughs> ones where you just uh, you just you know you land wrong or awkwardly or whatever, and you just tongues in the wrong spot yeah when you chomp in there i remember one time uh actually uh lts lance storm told me the story (laughs) of uh hiro yamamoto he became tenzon um in new japan they were in germany he bit his tongue so bad they had to stick a weight on it to have it to 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 pull it out to hang to the ground so they could put stitches (sighs) in his tongue like oh yeah the worst worst injury you could have right well i mean you just had uh i mean you 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 just came back from 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 injury yeah i mean you've been injured a few times over the last couple years yeah and you know you're back on the schedule i mean back in the grind and and how how is it i mean when you're how long were you off for about about six six months or so uh, it was right after SummerSlam. um Mm -hmm. i got a concussion and you know they don't mess around with concussions anymore which is uh, a good thing yeah very very um cautious it's interesting. Vegetables. I guess maybe after was it after Eddie passed away, they really started getting yeah, strict I think, all that sort of well, stuff. Well, I think they started to um like any other major sporting organization, mm-hmm. um, just educate themselves yeah. and their and their their um, performers, you know, uh, about about these these types of injuries and um, you know, the more that that you know, we go along here, we learn more about the long-term effects mm-hmm. of these things mm-hmm. and they're just uh, uh trying to be on top of it and you know, and, and our business, a lot of times, is it's protect the performers from themselves. Yeah, you know, yeah. I've right. I've always been, 
you know, that old school mentality of never let them know when you're hurt. It is, it is yeah. funny how it's changed. I remember, I, remember uh, I mean, Vince would always say, you know, let me pull you back in. I'll tell mm-hmm. you, you know, if you go as far as you can, but sometimes I have to pull you back in. Like if you wanted to do like, right. I don't know, moonsault off the cage or some right. of those lines, but that really is kind of the old school mentality of when you get hurt, you don't say anything. Right. Yeah. And it really has changed. I remember even last year when I was working with, with, with Fandango in that, in that short program that we had leading to WrestleMania, he did a leg drop from the top and hurt his hip or something happened or got a concussion and he told them. And then it was actually after we had our angle, he was supposed to win the, the, the title, I mm-hmm. think. And he told them and they pulled him from it. And then after that, it kind of just started going downhill. And it's like, you, I was like, what are you telling him that for? And it's like, well, I had to. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's not how we came into business. I you just know, wouldn't say anything. It's, it, to be honest with you, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's, it's, it's the smart thing to do. Of course long, it long is. Long term, you know, and uh, I don't think it's just in our, our business, but in any major yeah uh, sport where you know injuries are, are are you know can happen at at any time you know it's it's uh, you got to think about your future and and i think yeah. that, uh, in that respect they've they've done they've gone above and beyond is they've really implemented that like you said cuz it wasn't that way i mean it's kind of the way the business was and now there's a lot of tests i mean the, the drug testing is is mm-hmm. all the time i know when i came back i'm sure when you did too you have to go get your heart checked yep. cardiovascular yeah. checks and then when you do, I mean, every couple months we have to do, a, a, I guess it's a concussion test. Right, yeah, the impact test. Impact yeah. test. Is that what you had to do when you had the concussion? Yeah, actually, I did the impact test, uh, the one on the computer, and then they actually sent me to a specialist in Pittsburgh, and I did an in-person impact test with wow. the doctor, which is kind of even a step above that. So, you know, they really were taking precautions and, and they show and like sure and right. what the impact test is is they you sit in front of a computer and they show all these designs and symbols mm-hmm. and patterns and words then, and then like you know and then they just they you know they flash you know flash words up on the screen mm-hmm. and then you know uh, they'll say just remember this for later and then you know they'll do a bunch of other drills yeah type things and then like all of a sudden did you see this word and they'll flash a word up like out of the blue yeah and you have to you know say whether it was it, really a word or not it you makes know, you feel pretty yeah, stupid yeah you know, like I, I, you, I feel really dumb whenever I have to do it because you're already worried. Like, do I have a concussion or not? But like, man, I feel like an idiot. Yeah, but you it, know, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting. You know, and and uh, you know the 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 one that I did in in Pittsburgh with the specialist there was like you know even a little bit more intense like, mm-hmm. you know, doing it. So, but uh, you know, I was happy that I did it, and uh, you know, we did some. Uh, I had some balance issues too. Really? Yeah, from I, the concussion. Yeah. I actually had to go see a therapist for wow. to get my balance back. Really? Yeah, I had no balance. So, how did you get the concussion that you? I it was. I just. It was just one of those things. I just kind of hit my head, and it was just one of those ones where it just it just was the you know I just I took a regular bump and I just smacked my head on the mat and it just kind of you knocked me a little bit loopy back, right? and then you know I was kind of you know still with it and then I think I hit it a couple other times during the mm-hmm. match. So I think it was a couple other times, but at the end of it, I didn't really remember much. We had uh, uh, Chris Nowinski on the show. And he was explaining concussions and, you know, we all know it too, but he was saying whenever you see like a flash, if you know, you see like yeah. you know, seeing stars, yeah. that's a concussion. Well, that's the thing too. He was telling me that, you know, um, actually it was like couple, only a couple weeks after having a concussion, him and I, he, I, I saw him and we had a, um, you know, we talked about it and, you know, he was even saying that, you know, years ago, you know, even when they would say, oh, you just, you just got a ding or you just got your bell rung, mm-hmm. you know, even that is considered a concussion. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like things that we never, never thought about. Just, yeah. We just never thought about just the way it was. Right. So, you know, you've been in the WWE for, I mean, when did you start? 99, 98, 98. Yeah. So that's like a good 15 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, on and off. 
What do you see that one of the biggest differences in the company is? I mean, obviously, we're talking about how they've really upgraded their fitness regimens and their right. testing and all that sort of thing. What about like uh, other differences that you've noticed? Yeah, I think that obviously the way that the um, talent is brought in now is, is obviously changed quite a bit, especially with the Performance Center down in Orlando. Um, I think that's probably the biggest difference where, you know, when, when I first came in, you kind of cut your teeth or, uh, or learned your you know, try to perfect your art, so yeah. to speak, you know, under independence or going to Japan or, you know, and then you, you know, get a tryout or, or, or something of that nature. Or they were even starting to do training camps in Stanford at the head office where they would just bring in, a, um, you know, 10, 12 guys for a week and have a look at the guys and run them through a bunch of drills and, um, you know, interviews and, and promos and things like that. So I think that's probably the biggest difference is, is the way that the, 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 the talent is, uh, is filtered in now compared to in the past. Yeah, now they kind of come in almost like draft choice, go to the minor leagues, mm-hmm. and six months later or a year later, they're in the big leagues right. on the big show. Yep. That's a lot of responsibility and a lot of pressure for guys. I mean, it took me years to figure out what the heck I was doing. Right. Uh, yeah, it is. And, you know, I mean, how many years later, you know, you're still learning every time you get yeah, in there, absolutely. right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's the way I see it anyway. And, yeah. And uh, just when you think you know everything, you, you know, you realize that you don't. Right. And it's... Uh, I think that's the good thing about the Performance Center and NXT mm-hmm. is that it actually is kind of like raw on now, especially since um, the network is launched and mm-hmm. they're going to show it actually on the network. Yeah, now and they, it's got yeah. it's going to have some coverage and, and that. So I think that it'll kind of be raw on a smaller scale. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I have a little bit of a feel for it rather than just performing on a, on you know smaller events. Right. And then all of a sudden you just show up one day and you're in front of you know fifteen thousand people on Raw in front of millions of people. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. That is a huge uh, transition. Sure. And, you know, it's almost like that deer in headlights type of effect. But I think this way is, is a little eases people eases in. people in a little bit more and it gets them prepared a little bit. Right. A little bit more on that. Well, let's talk about when, how you how you got in the business. I mean, I know we had Edge on and, and you guys have parallel careers. Mm-hmm. You were friends since high school and he got in the business. Well, got into the training first by writing that story. Right. How How did you feel when he started training and how long was it like? Till you kind of said, well, I got yeah. to get in there too. Well, and, was, and how? It was kind of one of those things, you know, we were, yeah, we've no, actually known each other since sixth grade. And, <laughs> uh, we actually became friends because of wrestling. You know, we were, right. uh, yeah, you know, we were uh, both like infatuated with it. And then, uh, who was know, your favorite when you were, when uh, you were obviously I was, you know, huge Hulk Hogan fan. Yeah. You know, uh, I was also, I loved, you know, like anyone, Randy Savage, mm-hmm. Ricky Steamboat, Ted DiBiase, Cowboy Bob Orton. Those were the guys. All the I, classics. Yeah, yeah. Those are the guys that I like to watch, you know, and, uh, you know, we'd read this uh, at the time, like before the internet or all these things where you could, you know, kind of get some, some news or information, whatever, you know, we had a, an article every Saturday in the Toronto star where this guy <laughs> would talk about, you know, ring report, yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever. So he, they, uh, I guess with, you know, with the, with this school in uh, uh, Sully's gym where we ended up training, they had a contest and we both said we were going to write in and write this essay and I never did it and Adam did. So after he got accepted, I was kind of like, oh man, I guess I should have, should have wrote it in, you know? And, uh, yeah. I didn't, but I just actually, you know, I actually, I went down with him when he first started training, kind of sat in and, and watched a little bit and I would go with him to all the shows when he would start doing shows. So I guess it was a little bit, maybe a year and a half after he started, you know, I knew I was going to do it. I just didn't know what the timing was. And, um, obviously I didn't have the money coming out of high school and all that. So we, uh, we started going to Humber college just on the outside of, uh, of Toronto, actually in Etobicoke. And, uh, I got a student loan mm-hmm. for, for college, for college. And of course, you know, it was for, you know, rent and food <laughs> and tuition and all these other things. So I took me, I went down and, uh, 
I had a little meeting with, with Ron Hutchison, who was my trainer, and, and we talked about, you know, different ways I could start training and, and how I could have this payment plan and all this sort of thing. So I ended up taking a portion of my uh, my student loan, <laughs> and I paid for my wrestling school with my student loan. Yeah, <laughs> Unbeknownst to your, to your parents, I'm sure. Yeah, no, they had no clue. Yeah, you wouldn't yeah, tell that. Them, was, yeah. I think I'd been training for uh, probably like six or seven months before I finally told my dad. <laughs> how much was the tuition, do you remember? I think it was like it was like either 1500 or 2000 or okay. something like that. Yeah, it's pretty so, much the standard, right? Right, so... Uh, but it was, uh, it was pretty funny. So I went down. So I would go to college during the week, and then on the weekends, I would go down Saturdays and Sundays, basically, you know, four or five hours a day, and we'd, we'd get in the ring, and we'd, mm-hmm. we'd train and work out. And and then and then once you, you, you did that, I mean, did you ever repay your student loan, by the way? Uh, yeah, I actually have a funny story about that. <laughs> okay. You're free to tell it. <laughs> you want, want to tell it right now? Okay, sure, I didn't want to. It. So, <laughs> we, won't, we won't tell anybody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't know if it was going to, you know, interrupt. No, I don't have any any plan. Yeah, I, I noticed that you know yeah, you're really prepared for me a blank sheet of paper with a pen on it. Yeah, exactly. You're really prepared hard for this. I appreciate it. Yeah. So what happened was is yeah. So after I I finished uh, school and I was still kind of coming out of training and starting to work, you know, just little local independent shows. And I think for my first show, I made like ten bucks or something. Yeah. So I got a job at a wood mill. It was like the most brutal job you can ever imagine, you know. And it was like. I had to be there at like seven thirty in the morning and it worked like four and it was like, you know, the middle of summer and you had to wear long sleeves oh, yeah. and you had to have like, um, headphones on cause of all the saws and you had to have goggles on and earplugs and this is like anything yeah. you could think of. Like you had, it was like the sweaty gig, and hot right? and like you sawdust would be stuck to you when you Getting left it down like, your shirt. Yeah. And I remember itchy. The, so they came in, they basically trained me for like, you know, 30 minutes. Okay. You do this, you do this, you put the wood over here when you're done cutting it, blah, 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 blah. This this guy, if you have any questions, ask this guy, whatever. So finally, I remember like the first day, uh, I was up in the lunchroom and I'm sitting around, I'm seeing guys that were like, you know, 40, 45 that have been there doing this stuff for like 15, 20 years, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm like looking at them and they're, I'm like, man, I'm pretty much doing the same job these guys have been doing. And I've been here for an hour <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do this. Yeah. You know, I got, I got to make it, yeah. you know, like. That was like, you know, whether I do or not, I, I mean, I'm going to do everything I can mm-hmm. to, to make sure that I do. I can't end up like this, you know? Right. So like to get through the days, I would literally, you know, be thinking of like names and like mm-hmm. matches and feuds and different things that I could do, you know? And just, right. uh, and then when I, on the weekends, I would try to take bookings here and there or whatever. And I'll never forget this one point in time, uh, you know, there's this kid and he was the same age as me at the time. He was like 19 and, uh. He was working this one saw, and I guess you know they had to level the saws because the saws you push a pedal and the saw would come up through yeah. underneath the table, right? And uh, I guess the saw, uh, saw wasn't level, and it was just coming out of the tip of the um, of the slit in the in the counter where the right. where the saw would come up through. So anyway, I guess there was a piece of wood, and the guy just went to brush it away, oh. and the saw was coming up just enough that it cut his a part of his thumb off. Ugh. And I just remember everybody rushing over there and this and that, and them like wrapping <laughs> the hand up and taking the guy out. And the guy comes over, taps me on the shoulder, goes, "Yeah, you need to cover for him." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> this guy just had his thumb cut off, and yeah. I'm like, "You know, I'm standing like ten feet away as I'm putting this board through, I'm like trying not to get near the saw at all." And I was just like, "Man, I, this is not for uh, me. This isn't for me, man." So, anyways, that kind of gave me a good kick in the pants, and I kind of I got out of that and um, started doing just some odd jobs here and there while I was trying to to make ends meet. So, I had a payment plan, obviously, for my student loan, and. uh Man, this is taking a long time. <laughs> we'll edit it all out later. Yeah, that's cool. So they, so I had a payment plan for my student loan, and you know, they the payments started going up and up, and I didn't really understand mm-hmm. at this point, you know, 
interest and all the yeah, sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah. That I didn't, I didn't bank in terms. Yeah, I couldn't comprehend that at the time. So I call them up and I was like, "Hey, you know, these payments keep going up, and I, you know, I can't afford it." And they're like, "Well, this is the reason why, and this is how it's set up." And I was like, "Well, if you leave it here, I can pay you, mm-hmm. but if you keep moving up, I'm not going to be able to." <laughs> so if you do it this way, at least you're getting something. Yeah. And like, man, I'm sorry, that's not how it works. And I was like, so they just kept bumping up, and I. I was like, I'm just going to stop paying it. You know, I, yeah. just, I can't afford it. What are you going to do, right? Yeah. So sure enough, they pass it along to a collection agency. And, um, <laughs> you know, I would get calls here and there. And, they, you know, it was better part of a year. They would call me and then I would kind of explain to them what happened. And then they told me all things that were going to happen to me. And I was like, okay, you know, I have nothing. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, mm-hmm. I don't know what you're right. thinking you're going to get from me, you know. And yeah. so finally, after four or five uh, collection agents, this one guy called me and and uh, I'll never forget his name. His name was Snooks. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds shady. At least that's how he referred to himself. And, yeah. Uh, so he um, he called me and he's like, yeah, you know, your file's been passed around the office for like a year and everyone's kind of, you know, given up and because, but I'm going to get you. Like, oh, I was like, like I was it was like you know, Bookman from Seinfeld. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know, cool, whatever. <laughs> so like, he's just like, so we get, he'd call me weekly and we'd get uh-huh. in arguments and either, you know, he'd hang up on me or I'd hang up on him and. So somehow, I don't know, I guess he did some digging or something, but he found out that I was a wrestler. You know? Oh. Yeah. And, uh, or an inspiring wrestler. And he called me up and he was talking to me, did you get a job yet? And I was like, well, you know, I'm still doing these odd jobs and whatever. But he goes, so I hear you're a wrestler. I was like, well, yeah, how'd you hear that? And he's like, uh, <laughs> he goes, I got my sources. You know, <laughs> like he's, uh, he's already taking this too seriously. So <laughs> I was like, all right. He goes, well, obviously you're not very good. <laughs> or else you'd you know, be able to pay your loans back. Yeah, and it's like, well, I said, you know, it doesn't work like that. You know, it's like anything you have to, you know. <laughs> no, he's insulting you. Yeah, yeah, he's insulting me. So he's like, well, you know, you're not going to make it, obviously. So why don't you just, you know, suck it up, be a man, <laughs> you know, quit this, you know, dream you have and go get a job like every other normal person and pay back your debts. And I was like, <laughs> I said, I intend on paying back every penny, you know, and just yeah. went, but I'm not going to give up on, the, <laughs> right. on on my my goals here just to, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm not going to let you bully me, Snooks. Yeah, yeah, so we got into it and, you know, that that continued on for another five or six months until, you know, I ended up signing with WWE. And uh, uh, and then, you know, uh, when I got a few checks uh, in the mail, <laughs> they were a little bit more than I'd ever made before. So I called Snooks up, and this is the first time I'd ever called him, so I think he was a little thrown <laughs> off. And he's like, oh, what are you calling me for? <laughs> I was like, um, yeah, I got a job. I was just wondering, you know, how much... What's it going to take for me to clear this up? Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Well, we can set up a payment plan and this." I like, no, 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 no. <laughs> How much is it going to take me to pay it off? One shot, one yeah. check. And he's like, "You have that kind of money?" I was like, "Well, I do now." <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> he goes, <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes. Uh, well, if you don't mind me asking, where'd you get a job? I was like, um, WWE. I don't know. You might have heard it, the highest rated <laughs> yeah. show on uh, cable television. This complete silence on the other end. Oh, and, and, sorry. And before this. He had said to me they had a nickname for me going around the the uh, the office, and it was No Future Riso. No, is, yeah, that was that was my my nickname. And then he's just quiet. I was like, "Yeah, so much for that No Future theory, huh?" And then he's just like, uh. "I was like, so just tell me the amount." He's like, "Well, this is the amount." I said, "No problem. You'll have a check next week." I said, "Oh, and by the way, you know, next month we actually have a show in Toronto. I'm going to send a couple uh, tickets to you. You got you can come watch me perform." <laughs> and I and he's just like, "I said, hey, 
I said, you know what, though? I'm sure we won't ever talk again, but I just wanted to let you know when you're sitting in your cubicle and driving your Pinto, I'll be retired by the time I'm 40. Have a great life. And I hung up on it. <laughs> 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 but here uh, I am, 40, and I'm not retired. So. Yeah, but if it wasn't for Snooks, yeah. he gave you the motivation <laughs> yeah. to make it. So, yeah. Snooks, if you're yeah. listening, yeah. F you and thank you at yeah. the same time. So, what was it like when you first got into the WWE? I mean, I, I know you mentioned that you, you went through the, the training camp, and, and that was with Dory Funk, I think it was, right? Yeah, it, it was. A, yeah, yeah. They, we. Um, how did they? How did you get on their radar? I guess I should ask. Well, what happened was is, um, I'm sure Edge has probably told the story, mm-hmm. so I'll kind of mm-hmm. you know condense it here a little bit. He um, had gone out to Bret Hart's place and done a little bit of training. He um, said when the time was right, he would help him get his pass look. your name along. Yeah. So um, Adam and I were teaming out east on the east coast of Canada for Emile Dupree yeah. in the summer, and we were teaming, and. Um, Leo Burke, who was kind of training for Brett when he was on the road, the guys that were at, out at his place, mm-hmm. he had come home because he was originally from there, so he came home to visit, and then he came to the shows and watched, and um, he saw me, and he liked me, and he's like, hey, well, when Adam comes out, why don't you come out and, and train with him? I was like, oh, cool, because he was going to come out when the, yeah. at, at the end of it. So went out there, did that. Adam, actually, we, we went straight from there after it was, at the end of that summer, September, we went out to Calgary. We stayed there for about a month. We went to Winnipeg to do some shows in winnipeg and they called adam when we were on tour in winnipeg to come down mm-hmm. um brett got him a look uh so he ended up signing a developmental deal and then it was i can't remember exactly how many months after that probably six eight months they had some shows actually it was the paper the infamous pay-per-view in montreal mm. and then they had uh raw in ottawa and then they were taping raw the next night in cornwall ontario this is like a Canadian loop in right. your area. So they had um, asked Adam to come and, and, and perform in some dark matches. And then he called me. And, of course, he didn't have a car. I didn't have a car, but my parents had a car. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I borrowed my mom's car and we drove. You know, I took him within, you know, wrestler code is you never go anywhere without your gear. That's brother. right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, th- I threw my gear in the trunk and off we went. And um, I'm sure some sweet gear, too. Yeah, it was probably it was pretty <laughs> awesome. Actually, it was like purple and black with like gold. Stars and stars and bolts. tassels and stuff. Yeah. It was pretty brutal. So we went to the pay per view. Went to Raw. Uh, he wrestled Glenn Kalka in the dark match in Ottawa, and then mm-hmm. the next night in Cornwall, um, I can't remember who it was that came up to me and said, "Hey, did you bring your gear?" And I said, "Of course." And I said, "Okay, well, would you like to do a dark match against Adam tonight?" And I said, "Yeah, I'd love to." So Adam and I ended up wrestling a dark oh, wow. match. Yeah, that night in Cornwall. And the funny thing is, is that arena seems so big to me. Yeah. When I was like, "Oh my god, this." more people than I've ever performed in front of. It's huge. And then I went back years later and I was like, man, this it's like a hockey yeah, rink, yeah, right? It's, I mean, yeah. It's like so small. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> it's funny. like, so we went out, we actually, you know, it was like, you know, mentality of just, God, we just got to do so much stuff. Yeah. You know, it's like, and we're just like doing things. It didn't make any sense. We're just mm-hmm. doing all these moves and stuff. It's hilarious. And I think, I actually think the match might be on one of, uh, Adam's many DVDs. <laughs> Saving it for your first one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, my goal is to get through my career without having one. Okay, well, so far so good. Yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, so, uh, oh, sorry, we did the match, and like there was so much stuff going on because all the things that had happened, like the right with the, Brett, yeah, and, yeah, yeah the, whole, before, so. the whole. Actually, uh, I, I think maybe Jim Cornette was the only one that saw it. Oh, okay, yeah, and he came up after, and and he was like, "Oh man, that was great," da, 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 and. You know, it's, I think, kind of got on the radar that way. And then whether he, you know, passed along whatever, whatever information he got from that um, or what he saw, um, you, know, you know, he had told me they were starting to do training camps mm-hmm. at the office and that, you know, they'd put my name on the list. And when the time came, wasn't sure when it was going to be, but, you know, when the time came that uh, um, 
you know, I'd, I'd uh, definitely be invited to one. So to, to uh, just mm-hmm. kind of keep in touch and to, to, you know, keep, keep doing what I was doing and just uh, get as much experience and as much uh, right. ring time as I could in the meantime, which I did. And then uh, that was like in was that November. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of, uh, of 97. So then uh, like July of 98, I got a call to, to come to the, uh, to the big leagues. Um, to, to, well, to the training. Camp. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I went down and, you know, it was so funny too, because, uh, I was, I was wrestling a bunch of independents at the time and, and I had one that treated me really well. It was, uh, Jim Kentner's ECWA in Delaware. And, uh, you know, he was like the only guy that was flying me in at the time. You know, I would drive from Toronto to Buffalo and then I'd take a flight from Buffalo to Philadelphia. <laughs> it saved me the, the 12 hour drive down yeah. to Philly, but, uh, it was paying me you know, more than I was getting paid anywhere else. He mm-hmm. was flying me down and treating me really well. And, you know, I was a champion of his, his promotion. And, you know, the, the, when they invited me to the training camp, the only problem was, is like the night before there was an ECWA show. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, man, I don't want to, you know, kind of leave this guy high and dry. So um, I called back. I said, okay, we're well, going to start the camp. We'll fly you in. We'll bring you to, the, to Connecticut. And so I called back and I was like, oh, I have a little bit of a problem. Like, what's wrong? I was like, well, the night before, I, you know, I was already booked for a show and this guy treats me really well. And, and you know, I don't want to just last minute cancel on him and, um, you know, kind of screw up a show. I'm kind of one of the main guys on the show and he, you know, he advertised me and stuff like that. And we kind of have like this kind of program going on and stuff. And I just don't want to leave him in a bind, you know. And um, I said, well, we'll call you back. And I hung up and I was like, oh, my God, I think I just screwed <laughs> up my chances with WWE. Oh, my God, what did I do, you know? Yeah. And then I'm like. Call back 10 minutes later and said, okay, look, this is what we're going to do. First of all, we really, you know, appreciate the fact that you like to keep your commitments. Yeah, that, that's and, important. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they said, we're going to help you out. We're going to fly you to New York, just like we were going to on the Saturday. We're going to have a car take you to Delaware, all do right. the show, take you back, and you can start the camp the next morning. How does that sound? I said, like, that's, <laughs> that's more than classy. I was ever. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, so yeah. I did that, and like, I remember I actually, like, like, pulled the muscle really bad in the match that night uh, in the back and I was like kind of hurting and I remember like trying to ice down before the you know, <laughs> for your big before, tryout yeah before the big tryout and stuff but it, it went well and uh it was a great week probably the most memorable week of my life up to that point where sure you know just uh being in the ring so much and, and the guys that were there and and uh you know um I was offered a developmental deal before the week was over which I wasn't sure if that was a normal thing or whether they evaluated nice confidence boost yeah, for so, you though, right that was pretty cool. You know, they, they, they said, you know, we're not sure, you know, we just feel like, uh, you're pretty far ahead of the other guys that are here, which mm-hmm. was, which was nice to hear and said, uh, you know, we'd like to offer you a little something just so you have some income coming in and, uh, we kind of lock you up for the future and we want you to keep doing your thing, going out there working and then just kind of clear up a space at the end of every month uh, for you to come back and do these training camps mm-hmm. uh, until we uh, decide, you know, on something permanent. So, uh, you know, congratulations and, you know, it was, it was pretty funny because uh, <laughs> they said, you know, well, well, well they were leaving for a pay-per-view. Uh, that was on the Saturday, and they were leaving that afternoon for a pay-per-view. They said, oh, you know, we'll get back next week. We'll have the paperwork drawn up, and we'll send it to you. And if you don't have it by next week, you know, call. I was like, okay. So sure enough, it didn't come. And I was like, oh, my God, did they change their mind? I'm like, you know, what's going on? So I'm like, took me an hour at the phone. I'm like, do I call? Do I bother them? Do I not? You know, what do I do? So that I was like, like trying to call a chick. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. So, so I finally called him like, Hey, remember how you um, said that if I didn't have the contract by uh, <laughs> next week, I should. Call. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you didn't get it. No, I didn't get it. Okay. God, if it's not there by next week, give us a call. All right. So I'm sitting there by the door. Sure enough, doesn't show up. <laughs> now I'm like, oh my God. So I call again, do the whole thing. Next week it doesn't show up again. Now I'm just like, okay, they don't, yeah, uh, you know, you're getting the runaround. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, they, you know, 
this is really happening. They, they, I bothered them so much. They don't want me. You know, <laughs> it was like uh, the next week I was just kind of sitting there reading the paper in my parents' living room, knock on the door. It's the courier hands me a thing, open it up. There it is. And I was like, Oh my God. And then, uh, Hallelujah. yeah. So then they come and say, Hey, just sign it and send, send it back. I was like, well, no, I'm coming down for the training camp next week. I'm just going to bring it to you and hand it to you in person. <laughs> I'm like, okay, whatever you want. So that's what we did. <laughs> we are talking to Christian Jay Riso, my, uh, one of my closest friends on the road, brother, brother, uh, where did you get the name Christian, by the way? Um, it was, was Christian Cage at first, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. What happened was, is uh, you know, I was sitting in my buddy's living room, and I always had the name kind of Cage in the back of my head. I just thought the name Nicholas Cage was like just a cool name. Yeah. You know? Like Cage was just an awesome like last name. Yes. So we were sitting uh, in my buddy's living room, and we were going to do just like a little indie show somewhere, and you know, it was like you know, my first or second match. We didn't really have a name or anything, mm-hmm. so we are just kind of tossing out names like, well, maybe this, maybe that, and... So, I, like I said, I had the name Cage in the back of my head, and then the show Extra was on, mm-hmm. playing on TV while we were sitting in the living room talking, and they were doing a story on Christian Slater. Ah. And I just looked at the TV, and then I looked back at my buddy and said, well, what about Christian Cage? Mm-hmm. And he goes, ah, that kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't work for this show, and then we'll change it after. So, <laughs> use it, and then it just kind of... <laughs> to this day, right? So, and, and so, when you went to, I mean, you know, you did the camps, and you debuted with The, with the Brood, with, right. uh, with Edge and, and Gangrel. How do they... Uh, approach you and say this is what you're going to do did they know your gimmick right off the bat did they know what look they wanted you to have yeah we, we it's actually at the end of a training camp we we're we we're doing a little spot show mm-hmm. in boston at the end of the last couple camps that i had there they would take us down and we'd do some uh some shows um at the end of each camp with killer kowalski and they mm-hmm. just kind of um put us you know some of our matches on, on their shows and just to get us out there in front of a crowd and yeah and that sort of thing so it was one of those and then uh I think they maybe just saw at the time my look, like I had the long blonde hair. Mm-hmm. Adam had just debuted on TV as Edge not long before that, and he was gonna he was doing a little something with Gangrel, who also had the kind of blonde hair yeah. and kind of that. So I think that that I think with the history of myself and Adam already kind of built in, the the idea was there for for me to kind of come in as an underling of of Gangrel, kind of like that kind of Lost Boys yeah. type feel, just from the look with the hair and the kind of you know just that that whole vibe. Um, then eventually do something with with Adam. I'm not sure if they were going to have a feud and then end up doing what they did, which was you know bring him in and have the brew. But they, I don't know. It, it was I'm not sure exactly how because I wasn't sure how it worked at the time. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, cool man, sounds mm-hmm. awesome. And I started doing like you know coming up with all these ideas and looks and different stuff and 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 whatever. So um, I was just super excited to get my foot in the door yeah. and in something that was like just didn't walk down the ramp as, hey, here's the new guy. Sure. And, no, I mean, I was and actually, it, was, it was in the middle of the attitude era where, right. I mean, it was on fire. Right. You had some huge, huge names, so you needed yeah. something. Yeah, right you, had to com- yeah you had to kind of come in. You know, like I said, I had a little bit of a of a step up on yeah. some other guys that were just kind of debuting there. And I came in with somebody that was being established already into a storyline that was, you know, about to start to take off. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you factor in that entrance. Mm, that was one of the best entrance, ever. You one know, of the best ever. Yeah. So it's like, got, I really lucked out. How did you feel uh, coming into the WWE, obviously, where, you know, you're like me, you're uh, in real life, you're not, but in the, in, the, in the world of wrestling, you're a smaller guy. Right. How did it feel? Like, were you intimidated when you, like, when I got there, everybody was a giant. Right. No, you know what? I, I, this is the way that I always viewed it. When I, when I, the day that I walked in for my wrestling training, my trainer looked at me and he said, he kind of looked me up and down and he said, this is the price. Um, this is what we do here. Looked me up and down again and said, you're probably not going to make it. <laughs> you still want to do this. Right. I said, absolutely. Where do I sign up? Yeah. So right 
off the bat, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder right away. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this is going to be, it's going to take everything I have to, to yeah. make this work, you know? And, uh, and that was okay. Cause, uh, you know, I always felt like, I always feel like I deliver better under pressure. I always mm-hmm. feel like I, I, when there's a challenge, you know, I always kind of rise up to it. So, um, I took it as a challenge right from my first day, quickly kind of figured out for myself, you know, you have to figure out what works for you. You know, anybody can tell you, Hey, this yeah, is going yeah, to work, but really what it comes down to is you got to figure it out for yourself. Mm-hmm. And from an early stage, I realized, okay, I'm not the biggest guy. I'm not the strongest guy. I'm not the best high flyer. I'm not the fastest. I'm going to have to be, I can't be great at one thing. I'm going to have to be good at everything. Yeah. So I'm going to have to be able to adapt to any situation that I'm in. If I'm wrestling a guy that's, you know, hundred pounds heavier than me or a guy that's 30 pounds lighter than me or a guy that's my own size, right. I'm going to have to be able to adapt. So that's kind of how I, mm-hmm. I, I, I viewed yeah, and it was a smart way to do it too. And but also, you always had a great personality, and you always interjected that into. into yeah, which it was just funny because I never had any experience before I got to WWE with talking on the microphone. Mm-hmm. And I actually had a, a real, um, and still to this day, I'm actually a little bit reserved mm-hmm. and, and a little even shy when I'm around people that I don't. That yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. And it's uh, but once you know, I, I get a little. Uh, if I'm comfortable around somebody, then I kind of come out of my shell a little bit uh-huh. more. But I'm, you know, kind of a mellow reserve kind right. of guy you know and, and it's uh it's funny i remember when you when i met i think first met you in winnipeg on one of those tony candela shows and i was talking to don Callis, the natural mm-hmm. and we were talking about because edge was there sexton hardcastle and you were there as uh, the male nurse <laughs> even, I think it was. Yeah. It was, the gimmick was the male nurse yeah. but um we were talking about yeah something about adam came up and, and i remember don saying yeah well adam's great but the guy who's really funny is is jay is christian i was like that guy he never talks. It's like, no, when he, when you get to know him, he's really funny. And I remember, I always remember him saying uh, that because, because that's exactly the case. But so do you, do you think the first real kind of breakout moment for, for you and, and Adam and the Hardys was, was that ladder match series where you had the, had the, well, no, you had the best of seven that ended with that monumental ladder match at the, at the one pay-per-view. I yeah. Mean. I think that was kind of, you know, Matt Hardy had said at one point, he said that that took us from being, you know, WWE wrestlers to WWE superstars. Superstars, right. You know, and I think that kind of sums it up the best. I think that we were all trying to find our way at that time, trying mm-hmm. to do anything said in an era where there were so many superstars. I mean, like, yeah, you know, big time stars. And Rock and know. Austin at the same yeah. time, the two biggest stars, right. you know. So um, being able to get on the show and, and be factored into the show every single week and on every pay-per-view you know, yeah. it was a big deal. And we, and we got to that point where we were mm-hmm. and um, we just looked at it as, you know, everybody has to, you know, seize that one moment that they have. And for us, you know, that was it. You know, we got to put everything we have, you know, yeah. our bodies on the line, right. Um, risk, you know, high risk. And, uh, it was kind of the first thing we ever kind of pitched. Whereas, you know, um, Hey, you know, we have this, you know, cause we were doing the tag team matches, um, you know, on heat and here and there on raw. And then on the road, we were, we were doing the tag matches and they were getting great, you know, this would be Christian and edge versus the Hardys. Yeah. And we were, they were getting great reviews and, and things like that. So, you know, we kind of just pitched that idea. I said, look, we don't know where this ends, but you know, we, we you pitched we, the best of seven, best of seven. And we could do a different match every time with a different kind of stipulation that culminates in the first ever. And we were all huge fans of the Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon ladder matches, yeah. you know, that kind of, you know, put the ladder match on the map. And we we're just like, you know, no one's ever done it in a tag team setting. Mm-hmm. And we would like to be the kind of first guys to do that. We don't know what the stipulation is, but okay, well, you know, and then that was kind of, and then next thing you know, we were doing it, and then you know they added the stipulation to the end with the uh, with Terry Runnels' managerial services and a hundred thousand dollars on the line, and uh, yeah, we just I just remember because that was the time when Edge and I came through the crowd, and um, right before we went went 
for our entrance. You know, we went up and then we were sitting in some concession stand <laughs> behind some in the in the storage room of concession stand at the pay per view. At the pay per view, waiting to hear music to walk to walk out, and I just remember like my mouth was so dry, <laughs> and I was just like, "Man, this is it!" You know, this yeah. is this is the, this is the chance. You know, it's kind of all or nothing here, and uh, and we went out. And it was just like, you know, it was just that was the moment. You know, like lightning in a bottle, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it just worked out. Well, and yeah, and it, it uh, I still remember that match. It was it was a real kind of a groundbreaker, a pioneering match, right? Um, and and you were kind of you and Edge were like the tag team specialists, mm-hmm. you know. You guys were known for that, yeah. And uh, you know the 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 five second pose, and yeah. you know the thing with angle, and then you started really having a real comedy edge to you as well. Yeah. You must have loved that because you're such well, a smart that's, ass. Well, that's the kind of thing too. It's like nobody ever seen any personality from me. Yeah. Even when we were doing the brood thing, you know, Gangrel was kind of the the, the yeah, he was the figurehead. Of, yeah. Um, Adam was the guy waiting in the wings, mm-hmm. and then I don't think they really knew what they had in me at yeah. that point but you know you were just the third wheel yeah but yeah. i don't even know if it was third wheel but it was you know i just don't think they you know really understood it yeah yeah like, hadn't seen what you had, had to right. offer so right. it was like you know it was still kind of a like a blank page so, so to speak you mm-hmm. know so you know i didn't really have a chance to talk remember we did the first you know when they let edge talk for the first time like okay i'm gonna say this and i say this and you know we just want you to kind of stand there and just you know they'll ask you a question and just look at the microphone like you don't know what it is and walk away i was like <laughs> okay you know so when we started doing that and, and also with the fact that Adam and I were such good friends and we just kind of started doing stuff that we did mm-hmm. like in our everyday life or in the car driving or just things that would make us laugh, just ridiculous stuff. And we figured if it was making us laugh and we thought it was funny, just throw it out there and see if it worked on right. television. That's right. kind of what we started doing, you know? And, uh, um, it was a little bit easier than that. I had somebody to play off of rather than going out there and just doing it myself and, and whatever. Cause you know, we could, you know, throw things back and forth mm-hmm. and make it a little more entertaining with two guys. And it really helped me uh, come out of my shell and become comfortable speaking in front of such a large audience on such a big stage. And, and you know, it's, I, I'll never forget like one time we were doing something on raw and God, I'll never forget it. It was just like, I, I completely went blank of what we were even talking about. Mm-hmm. And I just started babbling on about something and I was like, Oh my God, it was the worst thing ever, you know? And, yeah. And, um, I remember seeing Vince the next day and he walks up and he goes, oh, great stuff last night. And I was like, are you serious? I was like, I, I, I couldn't remember like anything that I was going to say. I was talking about something. I went completely blank. He goes, oh, he goes, yeah. He goes, you know, when you're, uh, you know, it's <laughs> when you're in your position, you have your kind of character you guys have. It's, uh, you know, it's, 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 yeah. it's great. It's great television. You know, don't, you know, don't yeah. even worry about it. I thought it was great. So I was like, oh, okay. You know, and then, you know, kind of made me feel more comfortable. Hey, there is a little room for error here mm-hmm, room mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to grow. And, and, uh, so yeah, cause there's a lot of pressure, yeah, especially yeah. when you get mic time. It's like, I can't yeah. make a mistake because yeah. I might not get any. And that's more. how you get better is by making that's mistakes, right. that's you right. know? And then, so ever since then, you know, it's, it's kind of, uh, and if, I remember we had a highlight reel, uh, with a couple times, I remember you and I had one with Steve where he forgot what he was supposed to say. Yeah, we started, yeah. And we had to kind of like, yeah. so, so like he was supposed like, to, what you're telling me is what you're saying is that you want yeah. us in a match at SummerSlam. Yeah. Like, well, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> and even Vince one time, I remember he forgot his line. I did the same thing. And afterwards I was like, you forgot your line. He's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> okay. You didn't No, You just jumped the gun. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, there is a lot of pressure there. And it, it's, it's, it's funny because I remember when you and I were, were, were put together as a team I think both of us weren't really doing anything, and it was it was in right. Vegas when there was a TLC. Yeah, so they put us together, just like oh, Jericho and Christian will be a good team, and then yeah. like for the next year we were a team. Was that that, that was what happened? Yeah, right? yeah, it was just kind of coming out of the Un-Americans thing at the time. Yeah, and I think they re- I was kind of in limbo. You know, it kind of disbanded, and I think they were going to put Regal and Lance together as a team, and they really didn't know what they were going to do with myself or yeah. or Test. 
So yeah, and it just happened that they did this the raw roulette, and they wanted <laughs> to have um, the, the tag match with one guy in each match had uh, was that had been in a, a TLC match in the past or something in or? the past yeah, yeah. got to pick a partner right and then you know you were my partner and then uh we it just it, it was like literally like the week after that i think we won the tag titles in, in montreal or something but i know it was a real like kind of whirlwind kind of we, just kind of happened because the chemistry was there because we, yeah. we had a lot of fun like we could really put together matches and, and and work the matches but i remember just the character wise yeah there was a lot i remember in, what did we say in montreal like you're like Fermi Labouche, francophones. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shut your mouth, like, frogs. Shut your mouth, yeah. frogs like, which is like a derogatory term <laughs> yeah. for French people. Yeah. Like we, and then remember we uh, we won and we were pouring champagne over yeah. Terry Runnels yeah. and uh, just whatever we could do to kind of amuse ourselves because we had similar personalities. Yeah. Do yeah. you remember? This is a great story, and I don't think we've ever really talked about it. We went to India. Yep. And we came back from India, and that was a week when, when Vince told Brian Gewertz, the, the writer, I want you to make me laugh, Brian. So Brian came up with this scenario where you and I would time. have our clothes stolen by Booker T and Gold Dust, yeah. and then we'd spend the rest of the show trying to, to find back. our clothes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. everyone got sick in India. Yeah. Like people were getting, I don't know, they were yeah. puking and well, remember, it was like and, it was like literally... 30 minutes before we went live and we were in the opening match with Booker and Goldust. Yes. And all of a sudden we see Booker getting carted out on a, with an IV <laughs> and <laughs> on a stretcher because he's like dehydrated from the, you know, yeah. he, he caught some sort of bug over there and it was like, what's going on? And then just like everything got, <laughs> I remember out. him seeing, getting, getting to see him wheeled past us Yeah, and like, like what, what? But, but, but earlier in the day, and this is the story that really made me laugh about this was that when we had our clothes stolen, <laughs> we would go out to the arena with towels on yeah. and be yelling at, you know, Booker T and Gold Dust. Yeah. And be, and then then somebody would come and pull our towels right. off and we'd be naked right. on the stage. Right. And I was like, well, how are we going to be naked on the stage? And, and I think it was Michael Hayes, well, you just be naked. <laughs> and I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you really want us to be actually naked. Uh, so well, how else can you do it? I'm like, I am not, I'm not, we're not being naked. There's no way. You can tell Vince there's no way we're going to be naked. <laughs> Five minutes later, Vince wants to see you guys. We go in his office. And everybody's like, everything okay, pal? Yeah. We're like, no. <laughs> well, it was more you. I was kind of standing there. Yeah. You were just like. You would have done like, it. I was like. Well, you would have yeah, gone yeah, naked. Yeah, I, I probably would have. But it was like. <laughs> you were just like. No, I'm, <laughs> I was like there's, like, I, like, there's 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 kids in the crowd. Yeah. And you want us to be standing out there completely naked with our balls hanging out. And he's like, well, how else can you do it? Like, how much is, has it changed in the last 10 years? Right, yeah, you could even. And I was like, put one of them little, like, you know, yeah. Rubik's Cube digital yeah. things and yeah. let us wear, like, 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 uh, skin colored skin-colored thongs. Yeah. And he's like, well, I, I guess. He actually, <laughs> that crazy bastard, actually wanted us to be naked. <laughs> and then, uh. and then, like you said, Booker gets carted out and then they put the Dudleys in there yep. last minute. And that, uh, it turned out great. I mean, yeah. it was a mad panic. And we did everything. Everything that night was live. We were supposed was, to do yeah, every yeah, live, completely was, live. Yep. Yeah, and uh, they stole our towels, and then we ran around. And yeah, <laughs> high jinks ensued. High jinks ensued. Yeah. I remember also too another one of our big moves was we'd uh, we'd hug during a match, yeah. and then you'd grab my ass. Yeah, mostly on the live events. Yeah, on the live yeah, events. Not yeah, not on TV. Just grab because just mainly because you hated it. Yeah, and well, every time you have to be like, "Hey man, God, can you just like not?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't know how, why I do it." And then like every time, and then somewhere on the internet, like there is a picture of me with my hand. Oh, there's plenty of them. Yeah. On there. There's plenty of them on there. <laughs> we'll be back with more talk as Jericho right after this. Do you want a beautiful lawn? 
Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Talk is Jericho. We're back here. Talk is Jericho with Christian. So we were talking about all the, uh, you were kind of known almost as a tag team specialist mm-hmm. and a lot of that with Edge and, and we had some fun in, in, in our time as well. Did you, uh, two questions. Did you feel kind of constricted at that point in time? Because you were always kind of in a tag team. Did you feel like you were ready to be a singles? Yeah, I think that um, the thing is, is that, you know, with any act, the last thing you want to happen is to, for it to get stale. Yeah, and I think that we realized that um, we had a good thing with Edge and Christian, and like any tag team, at some point you're going to have to go your separate ways. Yeah, and we didn't want to get it to the point where people are like, "God, uh, all right, this act again," and then when you split up, no one really cares about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we thought if we split it up a little bit, maybe before people are ready for it too, that it'd be something that people would want to see, and if we ever did get back together, it'd be something people would be ready to see again, rather yeah, than yeah, yeah. drag it out too long. So, and I think we both had aspirations to be singles wrestlers too, you well, know, yeah, and it's, it's, it's it a almost, new challenge. It almost so. seemed too like you, you had been so tied in with Edge for so long. Mm-hmm. Did you feel sometimes that you were kind of always, not, not under in his shadow, but if it was always Edge and Christian, it would always be Edge and Christian? Yeah, I think people put more stock in that than I did or he did. You right. know what I mean? Like we've been best friends since we were six in, in sixth grade. Yeah. You know? So, you know, it's just, it's one of those things, you know, everything happens. You can't, like, I mean, he was an amazing performer. And the thing is, is that you can't, I never got jealous or mad about his success. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was always proud of him. Yeah, yeah. And I always thought that had nothing to do with what I was doing. You know what I mean? Which is the, the only way to look right. at it. So it's, it's, you know, and everything happens, you know, for a reason and, and different situations call for a different type of performer or, mm-hmm. you know, when the doors open at certain, diff- certain times, you, you have to take advantage of them. And those same doors don't open for everybody. Right. You know, so it's just everybody's path is different mm-hmm. and that was his path and this is mine and that's okay. I've had a great career. I don't regret anything that's happened in my career. Well, and, you've more than, than proved yourself now. Right. I'm just talking about right. back in those days. You right. Know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely felt it was going to be a little bit of a challenge. Cause if you look at like every tag team, there's always right. the one guy like, you know, like Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels, Jim Neider, Bret Hart. There was right. always one guy that kind of went further, but you guys both went pretty much equally. Yeah. I mean, I think that we always knew when we were teaming that when the time was right, you know, we were going to split off and, and, uh, and yeah. you know, pursue our singles careers. Dude, yeah. And, um, yeah, I was a little nervous when we split, went our, our several ways. And the, thing, the problem was for me is when we split, I still fought like a tag team wrestler, mm. you know what I mean? So it was trying to get out of that tag team. No, how do you mean? How, how, like I just, everything, when I saw a match, I saw it as a tag team match. You know what I mean? It's like, mm, gotcha. it was just, it was hard for me to, to envision putting the pieces together yeah. or, or, or something like now I could just kind of close my eyes and I can see, how I want a match to play out or I can see the story of it or, or whatever. Like that's really easy for me at that time. It wasn't every time I thought of something, it was like, you know, it was more of a challenge. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's making any sense. It does. Not, but because but like, the one thing to explain to, to people listening is when you turn for another example, turn from baby face to heel mm-hmm. or heel to baby face or mindset. tag yep. team to single, it does take a while to adjust. Right. It really does. Mm-hmm. And I can totally see what you're saying because if you've done majority tag team matches or if you're majority of a babyface, it's hard to switch into, well, how would a heel do this? Right. 
You know, I remember Flair always had that problem when he came back in 2002. He could never think like a babyface. Mm -hmm. He still thought as a heel, even though he was a babyface. Right. And then the thing, too, you know, and then, like I said, when I came out of that, I was, you know, you know, I had a lot of people in my ear, too, you know, not necessarily giving me bad advice, but a lot of people giving yeah. you advice. And the problem is, is you don't want to upset anybody. So you're taking, you know, trying to, to work everybody's, the advice that everybody's giving you, you're trying to, you're trying to put that in there yeah. because, you know, you respect them and you respect right. their opinion. But then at the end of the day, you know, it's just, it's too much. And it just, it's, it doesn't matter. You know, everybody's philosophy or vision is a little bit different. So you have to kind of take the pieces that work for you mm-hmm. and what it is you're trying to, to put out there. So I got so low to the point where I just, I had no confidence in myself. And, and that's the worst place you can yeah, be. Um, and, you know, I was, you know, I wasn't really doing anything. And then I wasn't having fun, which mm-hmm. was, which, which was the worst. Mm-hmm. And then went home. And, you know, it was taken at home with me where I was like in a bad mood when I was home and things like that. And then I just kind of just kind of looked in the mirror and just said, you know, why am I doing this? You know, what, why, mm-hmm. what are the reasons I got into this business? Mm-hmm. You know, and I just started reminding myself all the things I loved about it, trying to get back to that feeling that I had when I started training. And I was like, you know what, no matter what happens, I'm just going to go out there, do what I do and have fun. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, I just went out and. Um, you know, I would listen to people's advice. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. But I would just take the bits and pieces that I felt that I needed for me. Right. Apply them. And then I saw myself starting to kind of slowly rise back up because I was getting that confidence back. Like, you know what? I'm really good at this and I'm just as good as anybody in this company. And now they're going to see it. And I just slowly started to get that confidence back. And once I started getting my confidence back, I just felt the ball starting to roll to, you know. Yeah. When you, when you get that confidence, you're unstoppable. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, like people can tell you their opinions or whatever, but if you know what's right, it doesn't matter. Yeah. If you don't, like I was the same when I first came in, I didn't know what to do. Well, the thing is too, and then going backtracking here a little bit, I stopped listening to my instincts because I was listening to other people's, you know what I mean? Right. And it's, I think that, you know, you can take that advice and, but at the end of the day, I feel like when you're in there, if you feel something 99.9% of the times it's right. And I think that feeling an audience, knowing your audience is a really big part and, yeah, and that's you know. So it's a rare thing too. There's right. not a lot of guys that that know that. So that, that feel I just I just went back to my instincts, and I always felt like my instincts were good, and I abandoned those, and that's why I was having problems. Mm-hmm. Once once I just let my instincts take over, I didn't overthink anything. Right, I just let things happen instead of thinking, God, God what am I going to do next? I have to do this after that. No, I just let it play out, mm-hmm. and I just acted upon my instincts, and and everything fell into place after that. So what led you to leave the WWE in, was it 2005? Yeah, 2005. Yeah, because about, so that's, you know, you probably three, 2003 or four is what we're talking about now. You got your confidence mm-hmm. back. You're kind of on a roll. What led you to to, to want to take some time away? I was really banged up, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, um, I felt like I was on a pretty good roll there. You know, the crowd was really starting to respond to me. And Who were you working with at that time? Um, it was after we had done our thing. Yeah, because we worked at WrestleMania yeah, 20. Yeah. Um, Great match. <laughs> yeah. It was. Then, yeah, it was. And then uh, I was starting to do a little TV thing with uh, with John Cena and then with you. And That's then, right. We did the then, triple threat right. thing. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I just felt like, you know, the crowd response was really good and all that sort of thing. And then uh, for whatever reason, the timing just wasn't right. You know, and like I said, timing's everything in, in this business, but that, but it wasn't, it just seemingly wasn't the right time for me to, and I'm not going to question it and, and, you know, what if, like, I, I don't. I try not to live in what ifs, you know? So it's like, for me at the time, I was just kind of mentally burnt out Mm -hmm. just from being um, on the road for like eight or nine years straight without a break. My body was, I was, was hurting. Um, Yeah. I just, I just felt like I just needed to be home. 
you know, be home on weekends and be home and kind of live a little bit more normal of a lifestyle just for a little bit. Cause I, you know, I started on the road when I was 24. Yeah. So you know, I was a kid, you know, and I didn't really have a time to enjoy anything or just to, to even to, I needed some time to even um, grow up a little bit. Yeah. Even mature. You know what I mean? Cause right. find out what I, what kind of person I really was, you know what I mean? And, and it just, that, that I just needed that time and, and just you get on the road like that and it's just like weeks bleed into them to, to each other. You know what I mean? So it's yep. like, you don't have a time to just breathe and, and take it. It's just all resting, 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 and reflect resting, on the things that yeah. you've, you've done in your career or, you know, you've I've missed, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, all these things that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I want to be home for these things. You know, I just needed that break. So, so, I, so I, my you, contract came up and uh, I just said, I need a break. But then when you were ready to go back on the road, you went to TNA. You didn't go back to WWE. What, what, how did you decide that? Um, That was not, that came, that, opportunity came up not long after and um like i said i i it was a, a schedule um that was really friendly for what i wanted to do mm-hmm. and it was an up-and-coming uh, was it like you know once a week or something or a couple days a month four or? four days a month and you just have to drive to orlando, just drive to orlando Tampa. back you know so i just saw an opportunity there and, and that seems like know. one of the reasons why a lot of guys go there because the schedule is really favorable that way right and I said they were, you know, they were doing some, you know, they were, I think they were on late on a Saturday night when mm-hmm. I got there and that sort of thing. So it was just an opportunity that came up and, and, uh, you know, I took it. And like I said, it was one of those things where, uh, you know, I thought that it would help me even grow a little bit as a, as a performer and, uh, but also, you know, well, be friendly think, to the lifestyle that I wanted. I think it did too. I mean, you were there for a long time and you were kind of leading the charge for three years or so yeah. there. And you did a mm-hmm. lot of really cool stuff. There was Christian Coalition and yeah. Instant Classic and all those sort of things. Yeah, they said it helped me grow and to mature uh, what, even what, a little bit more. What kind of differences did you see between the two companies? Um, you know, obviously just the, the sheer size of the mm-hmm. companies, you know. I mean, WWE is is the... Yeah, it's the monster. It's the, it's the number one. But, you know, it's the, this other one was kind of like a, a one trying to find their identity mm-hmm. and uh, had a lot of young stars. Or up and coming guys, yeah. So that was the difference: really young and um, versus established with you know top yeah. superstars. Who did you enjoy working with in TNA? I really enjoyed uh, AJ Styles. I still think he's he's awesome. Samoa Joe, uh, you know Frankie Gazarian. I had some really good matches with him. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think he's really underrated talent. Mm-hmm. Um, guys like that, you know. Did you? Uh, have any second thoughts when you were going to TNA? Did you let anybody at WWE know, or did you just say, I'm just going to kind of don't worry about it and do it? It's funny because I, I just I said I wasn't really thinking clearly at the time. You know what I mean? It was just an opportunity that came up, and I took it. And it Well, I mean, the schedule. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 so. the, the other thing that people don't realize is the WWE schedule is crushing. Right. You know, when, when you're away from it for a while, you realize just, oh, my, it just never ends. Right. And I can see why you would do it. I mean, it's not a bad thing at all. I think it's probably a pretty smart move to go to TNA <laughs> and, and make a good living and still get into wrestle and work in some great performers and not having to worry about, like you just told me, you came in late yesterday and you have one day off and you fly out tomorrow. I mean, that, that's, that takes a lot out of you, man. You know, just being in an airport like that. People don't know just how hard that is. Yeah, it's a, it's, but you know, at the flip side, you I mean you get all the the perks, you know, WrestleManias, um, yeah, you know, traveling the world. Um, What's the big? It's the know, big leagues. Yeah. So, yeah. so when it was time for you, 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 you finished your deal with with TNA, and then did you send feelers out to WWE and say I want to come back? Or, um, I think it was kind of, I just knew that if I was ever going to go back, I had to go back. I was turning thirty five, and mm-hmm. I was like, if I'm ever going to go back, I have to do it now. Yeah. And um, uh, I knew that when I left, when the time was right, I wanted to go back. That I just, I, I needed that time to. Like I said, to, yeah. to explore some compress other things and, and, and then, and then, and then 
come back when the time was right and uh it felt right and uh you know we we worked something out and and uh you know came back and the rest is history you know it's funny when i left pretty much the same time as you did in 2005 it was for uh, the same reason i was burned out and just didn't know what i wanted to do and when i went back i i, I think i had the best run of my career mm-hmm. when i came back in a lot of ways, it was the same for you because right. when you came back, that's when you ended up winning the world championship. Yeah, and that's you know, it's, it's, I think it's anybody's goal if you really truly love the business, you know, mm-hmm. whether it happens or not. But your goal should always try to be the very best. Or, yeah, you know, and 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 get to that top spot. And when I came back, uh, they had three shows at ECW. Also, you know, there was a couple different ideas for me to come back, and then they kind of threw the ECW thing out there. And some people looked at it as maybe as a slight almost, but I, I looked at it as a huge opportunity. Yeah. And I was like, man, like I could be the focal point of this show and I'm right be in the main match every week, um, have time and really kind of help get reacclimated to, to the WWE mm-hmm. and, you know, and established not just to the yeah. fans, but to the boss. Right. So how, how good you are. So I jumped in with both feet on that and I was like, yeah, I'm all, I'm, I'm all in on this, you know, I'm mean, right. really excited about it. And, I still look back at some of the ECW and it was some of the funnest stuff that I've ever done. And, uh, I was super excited about it. And I was, you know, I have so many, like, uh, like the matches that I had with Jack Swagger with Regal. I remember um, you had a great one with Zach Ryder. Yeah. I had a great, one, <laughs> had of, a one of the best ones. He yeah. Ever I, had. I, I, I had a really good match with Yoshi Tatsu on there too. Yeah. And, uh, and actually you and I had a really good match That's right. in ECW. That's right. So, you know, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Cause, um, you know, it was, uh, like I said, I was the focal point of it, and always got a ton of time. And, and that's the mo- that's so important too. Right. It's hard to have a, a great match in eight minutes, right? You know, including entrance. Yeah. So, um, you know, that that was exciting. And then when they decided to kind of transfer that or, or make that into NXT thing, they mm-hmm. moved me over and and kind of went from there. But I really think that it helped me get my my feet wet again in the WWE and kind of reestablish myself and kind of move forward from there. Well, tell us about your journey to to the World Championship. It mm-hmm. was two times, right? Right. So tell us, I mean, I mean, here, here you go, you know, we're talking about the kid that, that, you know, Snook said you'd never make it, <laughs> you know, your trainer said you'd never make it, you know, the, the guy that always had to try harder and a chip on his shoulder. And now you're, you know, on the way to winning the world title. I mean, that that is amazing that you had that opportunity. No, it's unreal, you know, and like I said, it's, it's kind of one of those things where you say you always wanted to happen. You always, you know, showed up every week and be like, oh, this is the week they're going to know how good I am. You yeah, know, that's kind of how I looked at it every every week when I came, and then to finally, um, you know, well, let's, you know, well, Adam and I wanted to do something together when when uh, um, when the time was right, mm-hmm. and uh, he was starting that feud with Alberto Del Rio, and uh, him and I were actually we were kind of getting ready to kind of reform our team after that and go on a little little run and kind of reestablish that, and then uh, WrestleMania in Atlanta came up and. I think they had a couple ideas for me for matches, but then they were going to have Brodus Clay in Alberto's corner, and they just yeah. kind of wanted to focus me being with Edge. with Edge in his corner, which was cool. So we did that, and then lo and behold, you know, I knew he was having a little bit of issues and stuff um, beforehand, and then he went and had tests the next day after. I know he just wanted to get to WrestleMania and, and then have it tested, and then after we found out all the information. The next day. About his, his neck, and then, you know, he called me the next week, and I think, you know, I might have been like the first person that he called after he got the call and, you know, we talked about it and it kind of, you and know, he told you he was, he was finished. He had to he retire. Was finished. He had to retire. And, and, uh, actually one of my big regrets in my career is that I, that, that was at the time when, uh, when raw and SmackDown were kind of more separate mm-hmm. and he went on, he went to raw and I actually didn't even, I didn't know he was going up until like 
it was either late Sunday or early Monday that he was going up to do something on Raw to kind of announce his retirement, but that I wasn't there in person, that I should have. Right. That, that still bothers me, yeah. you know, that I didn't call and say, hey, I think I, I was there the next day on Tuesday when we did something and, and you know, I won the Battle Royal to become the number one contender mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And But it really still to this day bothers me that I didn't go up there for his. You were just off that day? Or? Yeah, we were, I was home and then it kind of, like I said, it just, gotcha. you know, it just, I just remember watching it at home and then kind of like being choked up when I was watching it and being, and thinking, you know, and I should be here for this. And it still bothers me that, right, that right, I missed right. it. But the next day went and we did we did it again at SmackDown, which you know he always kind of viewed as, as his show. So yeah, uh, that was really important. And then we did the Battle Royal thing, and um, you know I, I'm not stupid. I mean I know that opportunity arose because of of his. That's how his it goes, injury, though, but, man. But it's also you know what you do with. That's and I right. know that he had been pushing for me to get these types of chances before, and uh, you know I've never asked him for anything or any, you know. Yeah, well, you deserved it. You know, and, but I yeah. know that he had. You know, he had said things in the past to try to, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I mean, and you so. you, you got to think about it too. Like, you know, and Vince is a, is a funny guy, and you know, he was the guy that gave you the the nickname of creepy little bastard. That was your no, nickname uh, for a while. Well, Steve Austin Steve gave Austin me that as a joke. Did. Yeah, but Vince, but was, Vince loved it. Yeah, you were the CLB. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of started as a backstage joke kind of thing, and right. Yeah, that's and how then it, Vince that's thought that. that was hilarious. Right? Yeah. You can you remember? I remember he told <laughs> you you can make a lot of money as a creepy <laughs> little bastard. But. uh the, uh, but the fact that Vince would even entertain the fact of right. the former CLB becoming yeah. his champion, yeah, that's think, huge. Yeah, and I also think that you know he's he started to get an appreciation for mm-hmm. you know respect what I was doing yeah. as far as the quality of matches. Like you know, I always felt like I was a guy that go out there and make always make my opponent look. Better you had than great me. matches with everybody, and I, this is pretty my, rare. You know, I was, my goal was always to make the guy that I'm that I'm working with. Yeah. You know, and I always worked for the match rather than for myself. Mm-hmm. And I felt, and I always feel like I'm a very unselfish performer. Well, so, the thing is, too, not to interrupt you, but when we came into the WWE in '99, there was I'm not going to say there was dozens of guys that could do that, but there was at least mm-hmm. ten. Mm-hmm. And then as they slowly retired and went away, all that was left is guys like you and me that could do that. And then finally, it was just you. There's not a lot of guys that can make everybody look good. From Mark Henry to you know Rey Mysterio, right. anybody can have a great right. match with him. But I remember seeing you have good matches with Mark Henry and these type of guys, and you know making like Zack Ryder, good worker. But you made people believe he could beat you, right? You know, pulling something out of Regal, you know, Regal style isn't the easiest to to work with. You know, you could always do that, and I think Vince really started to respect the fact that I got a guy here that can do it all, and there's not many like him. Yeah, and I you know and I I started to appreciate that, and we you know we had a couple of conversations too, and and you know he said some 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 very complimentary things to me uh, mm-hmm. as far as, you know, what I do. So, um, you know, that was also a, an extra boost for me. You yeah. Know, that made me want to go out there that work that much. Vote of confidence. Yeah. And uh, so I, I just felt like the timing was right. And, you know, it was great setting because it was, it was here in Tampa that I won my first world title. Oh, it was like yeah. my second home, you know, because, yeah. you know, I've lived here for so long. And mm-hmm. uh, so that was, a, that was a huge night. And, and it was um, kind of like the, it was the pay-per-view after WrestleMania. Is that correct? Yes. So it was almost like Edge could not continue, and you kind of almost took yep. took over for him, right. which is also another really cool yeah moment then, I'm sure um, for you guys. Yeah, because he was there when you won the title. Right, he was in yeah. your corner. Yep. Yeah. And I think the funny thing is, if you look at if you watch, I still have never watched the match. <laughs> just just yeah, that clear because I I know how it felt, and I don't want anything to taint that yes. feeling. If it was it looks or feel felt any yeah, different watching man. it back than when it actually happened, I've still never watched the match back. That's a great so, point. That's a great point. You know, especially now that the network is out, I'm getting yeah. tweets all the time. Or do you remember this? Remember this? So I just watched this, and 
I don't. I've watched a few matches, but I don't watch a lot of stuff. People think that you just go home and watch your thing, yeah. and it's not like that. Because, like you just said, if you have a certain vibe in your mind, you don't need to go back and revisit it. Because heaven forbid, if it's not as good as you thought, it right? Was, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh man. <laughs> but, uh, so you know, that was like it was a huge, obviously a huge night, and yeah, uh, you know, then right after that, you know, we had had a discussion that you know uh, SmackDown was kind of in a little transition period where a lot of the the, the bigger names were moved over to to Raw, and it was mm-hmm. kind of uh, Randy and I that were kind of left there to kind of steer the ship yeah. while they were building up some young guys underneath um, on the SmackDown side. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I dropped the title to him TV time, you know, five days later. And yeah. I know there was a, and here's the thing too. It's like, you know, people like, I know there's a lot of people up in arms about that thing, about that too, but you know, you had to but what the, was, what was the controversy? Again? Oh, that I, that it took me so long to win the title and it just, they took it away. Like, you know, right after. Was it like a couple days later or something? Or yeah. Not? It was like the next night, but oh, on TV okay. time, it was five days, you know, I got so, you. I got you. But, Right. You know, so, but there was a big picture, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. and, and look, regardless of the, fa- whether I, I held it for one hour or 30 days or that's right. six years, you know what I mean? It's, you got uh, it. I, nobody can ever take that away. That's right. You know, and, um, there's so many greats in this business, so many guys that I respect and look up to that never even got that chance. That's right. You know, so for me to even get that is a huge, it's, it's a huge feather in my cap, you know, and my, that's the way that I look at it. My first title reign was 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Christian about his championship victory that lasted five days, caused a huge controversy uh, amongst all your peeps. I sing about that last night, how we just... For no reason, break into Gordon, Gordon Lightfoot, Lightfoot voice. and sing it, yeah. but like where you can't even understand the words. <laughs> and then other songs and like even conversations, we just speak like Gordon Lightfoot. Yeah, whenever I see Sundown yeah. on the seventies channel or something, I'll always take, take a picture of it and send it to DJ. Another good one was uh, Three Minute Warning. <laughs> Three minutes and you're in the ring. You got oh, wait, wait, wait. We, should go. we redid the. This is how our version of three minute warnings. Uh, uh, yeah, three minute warnings. Uh, um, ring entrance. Ring entrance. Three minutes and you're in the ring. You got three, three minutes, minutes and you will not sing. You got three, three minutes, minutes and I don't know. <laughs> three minutes and you. Something about May Young was in there. No, or something so, like that. Three minutes and you will not will sin. Sing. Three minutes, call your next of kids. That's what it was. Ah, <laughs> oh, that was good, man. Yeah, stuff that you do when uh, when you're on the I road. I think we even had one for the, the world's greatest tag team. We were even better than the world's greatest we tag were, team. Yeah, we were, yeah. We didn't have a name for our tag team. Right? Yeah. Even better than the world's greatest tag team. <laughs> Trying to fit yeah. that into even yeah. better than the real thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we, we didn't have a name for a tag team. Uh, we were gonna. We were kind of the sexy beasts, yeah, which you C. said you, cl- uh, you came up with, but that was mine. And vitamin C was yeah. a name that I wanted to call myself, yeah. but and I just started calling you C man for like the, no the C man for no apparent reason. I ain't not and I ain't not no sucker <laughs> neither. neither. Yeah. yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> that Gordon Lightfoot's the best man. Yeah. Sundown by Gordon uh, Lightfoot. Go on uh, iTunes and yeah. check it out now. Oh man, so so you 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 got the title taken away, but big picture was you're supposed to win it back. And you and Randy Orton <laughs> had amazing chemistry. I remember yeah. every match you guys mm-hmm. had was just four stars five stars whatever you want to rate it yeah i mean randy was like you know and and uh the funny thing is i know randy got a lot of flack for like you know like he had something to do with it or whatever but yeah randy was was and still is one of my biggest uh biggest supporters yeah and um we have a great relationship and uh you know he's just you know that guy doesn't even realize how good he is Uh uh-huh that's that's the scary thing i agree and he's he just he he does everything that he does is 
on instinct. Everything he does comes naturally to him. Mm-hmm. Nothing is forced. He doesn't try to do anything. It just comes just to him. Just does it, yeah. And that, in turn, makes me better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we work at a different pace. He works at a slow, methodical pace. I work at, you know, a little bit faster pace and then slow it down. Then work a little faster pace, slow it down. So the just, I think, the, the contrast of our styles just meshed really well. And there was just that trust and yeah. and that um and it was just like one of those things, you know, you just you have crazy chemistry with some people and him and I just just have you, it. you made each other better by, right. by being in the ring with each other. Yeah. And so you won the title back on a pay per view or was it on T V again? No, yeah, it was on a pay per view. Wow. So now you're a two time champion. I must yeah. have thought because another thing for me, and this was something that was stuck in my craw for years when I won the Undisputed Championship, that was back in two thousand and one. It took me like six and a half years to win it again because to me that's the real proof like anybody not anybody but anybody can get the title once right but can you get it again and that to me is the real vote of confidence from the boss right you know he could have given you that title just for a pop and then that was it yep and then that actually led into a really big uh SummerSlam match that we had the kind of um i think we went like a solid five months Mm -hmm. which is kind of unheard of sure you know especially keeping it fresh and keeping the matches you know, different yeah. and, and, uh, entertaining. And, you know, that's, that's a long time Oh yeah, for absolutely. live television every single in week. This and age, it was yeah. a challenge and, and we both accepted it and, uh, and made it work. But, you know, yeah, after that, that, that after I won it back, it was the kind of final build to, to SummerSlam where him and I would kind of have the, we ended up having one more match after that, which was a cage match, which was also really good, but that was a yeah. live SmackDown, but it was supposed to be the SummerSlam was supposed to be the, the kind of the end of it. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, did one more after that, but it was still, yeah, it was, it was pretty special. And then we had the, the no-holds-barred match at SummerSlam, which I was also, I was really, really proud of. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. Would you classify him as one of your favorite opponents? Yeah, definitely. Who else would you put in that category? Um, actually, you and I have had some really good matches yeah. against each other and even as, as a tag team. Yeah. The funny thing is, is, is uh, Edge and I had a really awesome match, and it's kind of, I don't want to say forgotten about, but we had, there was like a non, uh, a, there was a Raw with no commercials. Oh yeah, and so it was almost like a pay per view feel, and yeah. him and I wrestled on that, and it was kind of had that feeling where we hadn't really been in the ring against each other in years, yeah. and it was like, man, this could be really, and I'm just knowing what we we felt in that could have been something really mm-hmm. special. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, you know, not just saying it because you guys are my friends, but you're also you know, you know we two, we two have the chemistry, ever, so it's 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 hard not. To, but I would, you know, uh, Randy, obviously, you know, the Hardys, the Dudleys. You kind worked, of put each other on the map. You so. guys worked uh, quite a bit, or maybe it wasn't quite a bit, but I still remember Edge and Christian versus Undertaker and Kane yeah. more than once. Yep. How did you like working with, with those it. guys? Yeah, I loved it. And I remember the first time that I ever wrestled The Undertaker. You know, you don't get an appreciation for how awesome he is until yes. you see him come out through that curtain. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you legit get scared. Yeah. You know, you're standing in the and it's like, Gone. Oh, all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> it's just like it's surreal. And yeah. it's like, is this really happening? You know yeah. what I mean? Like that is the type of feel that it has. It's just another level, you know, and to see him come down and get in the ring and then get in there with him. And, you know, once that bell rang, you know, it was, it was like the nerves went away and, and kind of that chip on my shoulder took over. Like, I, I got to prove that I deserve to be in here with mm-hmm. these guys, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, um, you know, and, and I, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, I, I'm, I know he did too, so that was pretty cool. 
Yeah, well, you got you, you got to work hard with Taker yeah. and Kane too. I mean, yeah. they they know their characters and they'll sell for you, but you gotta you gotta earn it. You gotta earn it and make it count. You also do a lot of uh, good imitations. You got to tell the, the the Jack Lanza story. Jack Lanza, Black Jack Lanza, <laughs> is a, a guy that he was a, an agent for the yeah. company for years and years and years. Famous wrestler, and then worked yeah. when we came in. Yeah. He was like one of our agents that would give us the finish to matches right, and right, stuff. Right. And he always smoked yeah. and blow smoke in your face. Yeah. And he was from Minnesota. And yeah. What did he sound like? Well, let me tell you something there. I'm going to try to keep this clean, you little bastard. <laughs> so you had a match yeah. with X-Pac, and the finish was you're supposed to hit him with the ring bell. Yeah. And he got, and he got cut, cut open. open. And he was pretty adamant that I did it with the the metal side. Yeah. Pac belt. told you, hit me with it, the metal side yeah. of the bell. And So it was just it's, it's, things happened in the right. ring. It was a, it was a mistake, was, an well, accident. There was a bolt on the top, and yeah. just the way that it happened, he got cut. And yeah. after he was getting stitched up, and I remember coming back and... And he was like, thanks, man. You know, it was, it was awesome. You did exactly what I asked you to do. I appreciate it. And it was great. Yeah. Ah, don't worry about the stitches. No big deal. It happens. Yeah. And so he's there and they get stitched up and I just kind of felt bad. So I was kind of sitting in the corner of the room with my hat on, just kind of sitting there, <laughs> you know, and then Lanza comes in. He's like, oh, these little guys, they don't have a clue what they're doing out there. You know, <laughs> and he's, like, he's like, no, Jack, it's okay. I told him that he did what I asked him to do. You know, you gotta, you gotta respect that. And he's like, no, I don't. I, you know, I just, these guys, they don't. They don't know what they're doing. And then he turns around and... If he doesn't know how to hit you yeah, with the yeah, bell, he shouldn't be doing he it. He shouldn't be doing it. And he turns around and he sees me sitting in the corner. He goes... And he kind of has this look of shock <laughs> on his face. He goes, well, you know what I mean? And he walks out the room <laughs> and Road Dog just burst out laughing saying, he didn't know you were there. It was great. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but it's what actually after that, you know, actually Jack and I actually still do this. They have a great, great relationship. No, he's a great he's guy. A great I just guy. love that story. Yeah. If he doesn't know what he's doing, yeah, he yeah. shouldn't do it. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'd probably been there maybe, <laughs> maybe two years at the time. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, so. I remember. I remember. Yeah, the the time was when Road Dog got super blown up, and <laughs> finished the match early. No, yeah, he uh, he didn't. No, it wasn't he was blown up. He he landed wrong and knocked the wind out of himself. Oh yeah, and uh, so we, you know. Finished up and came back and he finished was, up the match early. He was chewing me out in the in the back, blowing smoke. L- on my Lanza face. was yeah. <laughs> Oh, you got to do this and you got to do that. And you got to keep him out there. And he's like, you know, Road Dog walks by and says, "Hey, thanks, man. I'm sorry. I had to get out of there early. I'd knocked the wind out of myself. It was good though." And he walks away. And then Lana just looks at me and goes, "Oh, can't keep him out there if he doesn't want to stay." After he just chewed <laughs> chewed me out for, <laughs> for <laughs> yeah. you got to stay out yeah. there. Yeah. What, what, what is your uh, gun to your head? Your famous, uh, your favorite match that you've ever had? If you had to pick just one. Oh man. Well, I thought I think it. Anybody that has been in that position would have to say the you're winning the world title for the first time. Yeah. You know, it's pretty special. Right. It's a different feeling, you know. So I think that it's hard to put anything above that as far as feel wise. From so, the accomplishment standpoint. Right. Yeah. What what's your uh, what's your plans now for the future? I mean, I know you're still you're still you know, still putting on some great matches. You're still pretty much the same. You haven't lost a step. You've had a couple injuries here and there. Right. You see yourself well, going the funny on. thing is the hilarious thing to me is that it's uh I went like 15 years without an injury, you mm-hmm. know, and then it's like I had a couple fluky ones, a couple ones that, you know, were because of wear and tear. But now all of a sudden, you know, you're like, oh, he's injury prone, whatever. But it's like, you uh, know, injury prone. Yeah. You, but it's, 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 it's hilarious. But, you know, well, I mean, you're in the later stages of your yeah, career. You sure. know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're it's your... definitely getting harder the before and the after. Yeah. When I'm in there, I feel like I never missed a step. <laughs> well, you haven't missed a step. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, you're still producing the same as you did. 10 years ago do you see yourself continuing for a long time or do you have any plans or just going with the flow yeah i'm kind of just uh i would i always told myself i would do it till it wasn't fun anymore Mm -hmm. 
And as long as I'm having fun and I feel healthy, you know, and I think too, now I, I know I don't talk a lot about my personal life and mm-hmm. I've always been that way, but I've um, had a daughter. Oh yeah. And, Congratulations. And, thank you. You already knew that. I know, but I have to pretend that yeah, I know. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and, um, if there's any risk of any, you know, health concerns, you know, with injuries or whatever that would risk my future of mm-hmm. having quality time with my daughter, I would really have to seriously reevaluate things and say, okay, you know, it's time. Cause I, you know, that's the most important thing to me. Do you, do you see yourself staying on in a backstage capacity? Yeah. I, well, this is the thing, you know, this business has, has given me everything that I, that I have in my life mm-hmm. and I've put a lot in, but I've gotten a lot out mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I definitely think that I have something to, to offer. You've got a great mind as far as putting together matches. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, and you know, you know, there's there's always new challenges. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, we just have to figure out what the next challenge is after, and, yeah. and what's going to challenge me. And I'd also like maybe a new challenge too. You know, so it's uh, you know, I definitely feel like I have something to offer and to give back. And um, yeah, I think that would definitely be a possibility when the when the time is right. Well, Jay, it's great having you in here, man. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm glad we get to talk face to face and go through some of those uh, yeah. funny Sing times. Sing a little Gordo. <laughs> What's that? Sing a little Gordo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this, we could probably tell stories for another two hours here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, if anything else, I would like to try and track down Snooks yeah. one of these days. See if you can get him on the podcast. Yeah, it sure yeah. be entertaining. <laughs> Ask him about the life I of was... a Secret Service collection <laughs> agent. I was always his biggest yeah. fan. I knew yeah. he was going to make it. <laughs> I was just trying to give him that extra push. <laughs> well, thanks, man. I appreciate you coming in. We'll, we'll, t- we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. We'll be back with more talk as Jericho um, after this. Hey, thanks to Christian for an amazing interview. Such a cool uh, cool guy, longtime friend. Thanks to all of you for listening. I know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to schwa's from, and I appreciate that you schwa's mine every single week, twice a week. And thank you for using my Amazon link every time you do your online shopping. Really easy to find. Just go to podcastone.com, click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page, then click on Talk is Jericho. You'll see all three of my Amazon links, Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, and uh, oh, here we go. Everybody's going Amazon, Amazon USA. Every time you do that, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show so we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No extra fees or hidden charges. You're just getting your shopping done, helping me and the show out in the process. So thank you very much. Check it out. July 22nd, new Fozzie. Do you want to start a war? July 24th, Fozzie live at the Whiskey. And go check out the Tweet Secret app if you want to get personal messages from me every day. Uh, messages of me backstage at Raw. Messages of me filming Talk is Jericho. I actually filmed myself uh, recording this episode of Talk is Jericho. So many cool things behind the scenes. Access to Chris Jericho. If you're a Jericho-holic, and let's be honest, who isn't? Tweet Secret. Check it out. Go to the App Store and look it up. That's all I got. No more shameless shilling. I'll tell you one other thing, though. This Friday, I got the gorgeous, smart, talented, and tough as nails former WWE Divas champion Eve Torres Gracie will be here. She was amazing. Such a cool interview. Check it out on Friday. I will be here. You will be here. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. Another episode of Talk is Jericho. Stay hard. Stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. See you Friday and a big dear boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. 